Jesus said to Peter, So were you not able to stay awake with me for one hour? Watch and pray, so that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, verse 40 and 41. Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey. Canaan Bound Podcast features devotional segments by pastors serving in the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, along with music by various Christian artists who support our teaching. I'm Philip Wells, I will be your host for this episode, and this is episode 141. We begin our time together this week with a message from Luke Italiano from his Bread for Beggars blog to tell the story. This one is titled, Even for the Weak. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus walked away, about a stone's throw away, and knelt down. And then he fell on the ground and prayed. And John watched. James and Peter settled down near him in the garden, leaning against one of the grove's many trees. John sits on the inviting ground in the cool of the night. Jesus didn't ask much. Just stay awake with him. Watch! And John tried. Oh, he tried so hard. But it'd been a long day, you know, and the curtain was so comfortable, and the ground so inviting. He started awake as Jesus asked, Are you asleep? Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And Jesus walked away again. And John forced himself to be awake. Body is weak. No joke. Couldn't even stay up long enough to watch with Jesus. What was wrong with him? Why couldn't he do what his Lord asked him to do? Shouldn't be that hard. And so John watched. And his eyes were heavy. And he slept. (laughs) He started awake. There's Jesus. Oh, Jesus saw his weakness again. John didn't know what to say. He looked to his friends, Peter and James, and saw that they had the exact same reaction. They didn't know what to say either. They had been sleeping too. Jesus went away again. And a third time, John was so weak. Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. John fell asleep to shame and wakes to a nightmare. A crowd, hundreds of soldiers being led by... by Judas? 
Judas! Judas, what are you doing? They're surrounded in the garden, torches everywhere. John has to shield his eyes, it's so bright. If only he'd stayed awake. If only he'd stayed awake, he'd have seen them coming from Jerusalem. It would have been impossible to miss them. He could have warned Jesus. They could have gotten away. And now... And now, the nightmare begins. Judas kisses Jesus, greets him. Judas, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And the soldiers move into arrest, and all John can do is run away. Some follower. Some disciple. Someone who doesn't even have the strength to stay awake. He's so weak. But this is what Jesus told them would happen. That they would strike the shepherd and the sheep would scatter. Jesus knew. And still he stayed with them. Jesus knew how weak they would be. And he goes to Calvary for people like that. Brothers and sisters, yes, we are so weak. We do not do what Jesus asks us to do. But know this. Jesus knew our weaknesses and yet he took up our infirmities, and by his wounds we are healed. And the story is true. Next up, we have a devotion from First Peter. This devotion is written by Pastor Mark Falk, and it will be read by me. Baptism saves. No, Jesus saves. No, Jesus saves through baptism. 1 Peter 3, 18-22 For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through the water, and this water symbolizes baptism, that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. It is disturbing to hear a secretarian preacher rail against baptism. Ted wasn't saved by baptism. Ted was saved because he gave his heart to Jesus. Sadly, that kind of statement is not unheard of within the church. The words of First Peter are like dynamite, blowing up such falsehoods. It is not Christ or baptism. It is Christ through baptism, and baptism in connection with Christ. Note well, the picture here is the flood. Baptism is not picture language. The flood is a picture of the saving effect of baptism. Also, don't be confused by the pledge of a good conscience toward God, as if the important part of baptism is our pledge, our word, our act. Baptism saves. 
baptism is the subject, we are the objects. Clear words. Indeed, if we understand pledge to be the answer to charges filed, as in court, things get even clearer. When we are accused of sin, when God's law or Satan whispers attack are standing before God, our answer is Luther's answer, I am baptized. Which is to say that God, through the water and the promise in the word, has washed away our sins in the cleansing blood of Christ. It is all his work, all his doing, all his grace. It does not depend on our perfectly clear conscience. Our conscience is clear only when it stands on the work of Christ. Through baptism, God has given us this standing. Nor does this faith in baptism oppose another Lutheran doctrine, by faith alone. Baptism saves, as does God's gospel word of forgiveness, in doing and dying of Christ for sinners. It saves because it grants and creates faith. Some sectarians mock the Lutheran and scriptural teachings with this falsehood. Once baptized, always saved. But every Lutheran knows, or should, that while God pledges to keep us in our baptismal faith, we have the awful power to reject it and lose its blessings. Sadly, there will be some once-baptized unbelievers in hell. And note one more connection to life and salvation. Baptism saves by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Sinners who died to sin through him in the waters of baptism live with him who now sits at God's right hand. It is no small thing that many Christian denominations deny the power of baptism to save or speak as if the biblical doctrine of baptism replaces the work of Jesus. These churches are not just like us except for baptism. This is serious stuff. It is dangerous to withhold baptism from your little children. Let us hold on to Christ. Let us hold on to baptism. For in Christ, in baptism, our salvation and our place in heaven is sure. Next up, we have a song from the Spark and Echo Band. This one is titled, Where Can I Go? from their album, In the Clock Tower. Can I flee from 
Next up, we have a message from Beard133.com and Pastor Tom Barthel. This one's called, Give Him an Inch, He'll Take a Mile. I invite you to open your Bible and read through 1 Samuel chapters 9 and 10. Our three-year-old gets along well with our small dog, but there's one problem. The dog likes to think he's in charge of the three-year-old. This happens because you give him an inch and he'll take a mile. For example, when the three-year-old lets the dog put his paw in his lap, soon the dog is putting his both legs fully extended on him in order to get what he wants and trample over him. He isn't necessarily being mean, he just thinks he's the one in charge. When the three-year-old lets the dog lick his hand, soon the dog is boldly grabbing the sandwich from his hand and running off with it. Of course, the three-year-old is passively allowing the dog to do what he wants. Unless somebody an adult, steps in, the dog takes a mile and greatly oversteps his barriers. What about when God gives us an inch? In grace, he permits us to have or do something that we've asked for, even though we don't deserve it. Do we then assume we can take it all and act like we are in charge? That's what happened in ancient Israel when they asked for a king. Saul is a tragic example of what happens when we demand something from God. Sometimes the worst thing God can say to the sinful demands of people is, have it your way. He concedes to the clamoring from Israel and selects a king for them. The Lord graciously equips Saul with his spirit and gives him success in battle. He gives the people of Israel their request. He was gracious to them. But what so often happens when we find blessings and success from our God? Saul wants to call the shots. He wants more power than is given to him. Saul begins to think he is above God, his king. So, God has to step in. God lifted up Saul in grace. When Saul abused that gift, God would bring him down in judgment. God lifts up the lowly, even an unknown man from the tribe of, ben of Benjamin. God brings down the proud, even the first king over Israel. Won't he do the same with you and me? when we take more than we should and think we can call the shots. You will see many patterns in Saul's life which every person struggles with. Don't we all struggle to have the proper attitude towards God as our king? 
see in him the dangers of progression of unrepentant sin. We learn by example from Saul the meaning of the words, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. That's from 2 Corinthians chapter 7. But also note God's great patience in dealing with Saul and his people. The Lord remains their gracious king. He continues to lead, guide, and protect through his word. The Lord himself has already chosen the humble king who will come and do what is right. He will be lifted up. That coming king, Jesus, is the only one who truly brings the kingdom from tragedy to triumph. We end our time together this week with a song by Tracy Fedke, Come Unto Me, Ye Weary. Come unto me, ye weary, and I will give you rest. O blessed voice of Jesus, which comes to hearts oppressed, it tells of benediction. Of pardon, grace, and peace Of joy that has no ending Of love that cannot cease Come unto me, wanderers And I will give you light O loving voice of Jesus Which comes to cheer the night were filled with sadness and we had lost our way but thou hast brought us gladness and songs at break of day come unto me cheering voice of Jesus which comes to aid our strife the foe is stern and eager the fight is fierce and long but thou hast made us mighty and stronger than the strong and whosoever love of Jesus, which drives away our doubt, which though we be unworthy, of love so great and free, invites us very sinners to come, dear Lord, to Thee. Come unto me, come unto me.
You've been listening to Cannonbound Podcast. This podcast was first shared in February of 2019. Visit CannonBoundPodcast.com to find old episodes and links to the artists and contributors for this podcast. We'd like to thank the Spark and Echo Band and Tracy Fedke for sharing their music with us this week. If you'd like to read more from Pastor Tom Barthel, you can find him at Beard133.com. You can find more devotions by Luke Italiano at BreadForBeggars.com. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thank you for listening.